This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by Vigilant Impact. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Hello, welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, joined by my co-host, Mike. How are you, sir? I am happy Sunday, flying by the seat of my pants again. (laughs) As usual lately, I I don't know what it is, but. You know, I think it's, I think part of it's trying to shove so much into. A single day. Yeah, single day. Or in your case, a single week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've been in what, nine states in in a matter of three days? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, what was it? Wednesday. Um, I, I got up early. We have a, we have a thing in our family that if it's somebody's birthday, they get to open up presents midnight before. Oh, so, um, so yeah. Maybe. So my son woke me up at midnight on Wednesday, Wednesday was his birthday and <laughs> he's like, Hey, it's my birthday. I want to open presents. So he opens presents and I'm like, I need to go to bed. I, <laughs> I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So I, cause I, I think I was for some reason on Wednesday, I was getting up like at early, extra early. So I got up at four in the morning and started working, went to work, was in, was in meetings all day, uh, went to church, was in meetings all night at church, got home, went to bed, ended up going to bed at midnight. And then three o'clock, uh, Thursday morning, got up, got on a plane, flew to Los Angeles, was picked <laughs> up by my oldest daughter, and then drove from Los Angeles to back to Columbus, Ohio, and showed up, got back into Columbus uh, yesterday at 3 in the morning, 3.30. That's crazy. Like, and... I'm I'm a road trip guy, and I love the road, <laughs> but that's crazy. <laughs> so, I and this is even funnier. So, I, I went to bed, right? I'm getting into bed, and my wife says to me, Hey, somebody needs to take uh, Kari to her job in the morning, which is, Kari is my youngest daughter. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, so, and she's like, you know, you're <clears throat> my middle daughter. Sometimes will take her. And um, so she's like, she's got to work. She can't. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I, I knew I've been long, I've been married long enough. And those of you that are, have, 
been married or are married that are listening know that when your wife suggests something like that, there's kind of a reason behind Voluntold. So I'm like, okay, turn off. I'm like, all right, hun, turn off your alarm. I'll set mine. So I, I went to bed at three 30 Saturday morning and then got oh. back up at, uh, I think it was eight to take her into her, her job. And she works for this little, um, like smoothie King type Panera place. And so I dropped her off and I came back and I said, I am not, when I got home, I said, I'm not picking her up. Um, there are several other people in the family that can do that, that have driver's license. I'm going yep. to bed. Yep get some rest and i ended up picking her up but you know once i got home i'm like okay i'm gonna lay down i'm gonna sit down on this couch because we were all together like the six of us are all to my family we're all together we hadn't been all together in uh, probably close to a year um so you know we, we grab pizza we're watching a movie and the next thing i remember is my kids are all like laughing at me saying dad wake up and go to bed and i'm like why are you like why are you being hard on me like i literally have had probably six hours of sleep in the last three days so yeah, i am for punishment yeah i'm running on fumes and then today of course was a great a great day at church and we had um uh, just, we had a couple of things going on and then a few church meetings afterwards that, uh, for some reason, I'm not sure exactly why the pastors that I like to hang out with as friends like to give me responsibilities. <laughs> uh, so, we're on, we're on the verge of, uh, appointing a couple new elders. And so I'm trying to, uh, network and build in roads and make sure that they're familiar with and understand, the security program and what that looks like and yeah uh, ahead of their appointments so it's uh it's interesting it is like today you know we talked and our our guest i talked a little bit with our guests last week about this but we're looking at moving into a using another facility and so um we're still we're going through that and so now you know i'm i'm involved in that process of trying to figure out you know, how do we use the building? How do we do this? How do we make it more secure? Because it's not. Um, and, you know, so doing assessments, different things like that. So it's, it's been interesting, but it's, you know, it's, it's nice when I stop and think about it, it's been a blessing and it's nice to see that, that God is working and using my family and, you know, we're, we're, excited so it's a it's a tired excitement from yep. being involved in ministry so well here we are end of october already <laughs> and yep. heading into the two final months of the year so i know a lot of uh, uh christmas pageants and musicals and all sorts of things are ramping up and different sorts of practices and more use of the buildings and things like that so we will uh certainly cover some of that with tonight's topic um, so it's, it's getting busier and I'm sure we'll, I know we'll be unpacking some more things about preparation for the busyness of the holiday season and what that looks like. For sure. So if you, if this is the first time you've, you found our broadcast or first time in a while that you've joined us, welcome. Uh, we have more resources at our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. And, uh, we usually try and do this broadcast live on Sunday uh, Sunday evening, uh, usually about 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but then it gets uploaded to all the the other platforms where you can access it at any time. 
through Apple and also our church security app. Um, you can stream stuff anytime. And then also we, we do have a, a patron account uh, where you can go and sort through past episodes and and listen to past guests that we've had on and, and that sort of thing. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is just church safety guys, you're uh, welcome to click the like and subscribe button. And that helps us as well uh, with all the algorithms and everything else. And then uh, as always, uh, if there's a topic that you'd like us to talk about uh, or cover, and we can do that and we can uh, talk about it or, or have a guest come on, we're happy to do that. So, um, we're very much, uh, very much interested in, in helping, uh, helping you in your ministry and continually coming out with resources, which we've got, uh, we actually, we've got one, uh, I'm in the middle of processing it with Amazon tonight, but, or today and tonight, but, uh, the four pillars of church safety and security, that's a, a brand, brand new book. Yep. <laughs> new book, coming new out. series, new every, like total Everybody, hot off the everybody's press. like, what in the world? How do you guys like, how are you putting this stuff out? And yep. literally Mike and I like talked about it, came up with the idea and uh, I typed it out on a plane. So <laughs> on one of my plane travels, I was like, hey, you know what? This makes sense. So that is out. Um, that's going to be available on Amazon and uh, we will actually, um, we're going to do a fundraiser with it here, uh, in the next couple of days, starting in November. So stay tuned. You'll hear some more info, info on that. Uh, but basically there is a, a church in Florida, uh, that was impacted by an, a, a very large community that was impacted by hurricane Ian. And we are going to partner with that church to provide a portion of, um, a portion of the, the money that we take in from those books. So if you are interested, please grab one of those books um, and a, a certain percentage of that will be donated to that church and ministry. And they're doing a fantastic job in the community. Um, and so we wanted to support them and help them with what they're doing. So uh, you can do that as well through, through purchasing that at Amazon. So in all of the, on the social media platforms, and we're going to send out an email and everything when we get that ready to go in the next couple of days, uh, we'll send that out. So you'll have that and, um, you know, let us know if, if you'd like some for your church, it's a great resource. We've had fantastic reviews on it. I mean, we've, we've yeah. passed this around to different churches all over the, the U S and every single church that we sent it to was like, this is, this is fantastic. You know, I wish I well, wish and outside the church safety and security leader uh, role as well, not yeah. just oversight pastors, but literally associate pastors, experienced pastors, lead pastors. Yeah. And it's getting, it's getting a, amazing feedback. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we sent it to, yeah, we stepped outside of the safety realm <laughs> because we were like, okay, you know, you, well, I mean, you put resources together for church safety and security. Right. And like, I gave it to one of the senior pastors that is a good friend of mine. And I said, I, I really just want your honest feedback. Let me know about this. And so he, uh, he actually texted me as I was getting on the plane, uh, to California Thursday. And he's like, this is unbelievable. He's like, I, this is amazing. You did it. You guys did a fantastic job and I love your, your ministry focus and, uh, coming from him. I mean, that was, 
I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I really appreciated it, but at the same time, like he doesn't just throw compliments around. And so I knew that he would give me honest feedback if there was a problem or, you know, maybe that my theology was off or, you know, our thoughts or whatever. And he was like, no, he's like, this is, this is a, a grand slam for, for ministry and churches. So you definitely, you want to check it out. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to miss it. And, and it's an um, easy read too. I think it's not, yep. it's not one of the more complex procedural detailed steps nope. and you got to memorize this or take notes. I mean, we don't get me wrong. We have, we have books like that from our leadership series that you definitely want to take notes, but this is one where you can uh, read along, get the devotional. Uh, we have a companion devotional that's going to be coming out as well. Yep. Uh, with that. So I think there, this is, this is small group style. This is take your whole team through this over sure. a season um, and really use this as a uh, way to open up conversation with your team, a way to establish the, uh, the cornerstones, the, the pillars, as we call them of this yep. ministry and what you need to do to support this as a ministry and continue um, uh, your operation. Yeah, definitely. And it, it covers, um, it covers the core pillars of the church safety guys, which is ministry first, engage leadership, operational excellence, and always training. So we, we do a deep dive into that, but it creates a roadmap in a way that, um, is very, like, like Mike said, it's very easy to read, very easy to go through and, um, just a great, great resource, uh, for folks. So well, and it's, it, you picked up on something there by talking about it. We started with these as our tenants, as our pillars of our identity as church safety guys, as a ministry, as a nonprofit, as what we do to kind of go out there in the community and, and around the world in, in this type of service and ministry. So that started with how, where this came from. And we were talking about that from a concept of defining who we are and messaging who we are and really it's it's more than a marketing slogan it really was our core identity and realizing that what makes us and our core identity what it is is really what makes a solid ministry in this type of um, um, service so whether it's security safety and security or other ministries these pillars do apply and so we yeah. realized that we could take our messaging and apply it in a broader sense for ministry in general and use them as a building block, as that foundation, or as we call them, the ingredients for a successful team. Absolutely. And uh, I, I definitely, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think we could, I don't think you could say it any better. So, <laughs> so fun, fun stuff, but yeah, so we have that, uh, that coming out. And then we also have the, the companion devotional and uh, we have a few other things that we're working on as well. So always, always, always something in the background, <laughs> never, a, never a quiet moment. And uh, also you have a, um, an opportunity now uh, if you're listening to jump in and get tickets for our 2023 conference, uh, that's going to be in St. Louis, March 11th uh, in O'Fallon and Missouri. And uh, tickets are available. You can go to our website. You can go to churchsafetyconference.com. And uh, we've got some great speakers lined up. Great day. And uh, 
just looking forward to to meeting folks. We've already had a, a ton of churches reach out to us and say that they're bringing their team and they, they want to meet Mike and I, and uh, we're, I, I can honestly tell you that we're, we're, we're still blown away by that, that folks yeah. want to come out and meet us. And, and we don't take it lightly. We, we uh, are honored that, that you guys want to spend the day with us for learning. And, and so. it's a tremendous deal. I think this is yeah, due, due to absolutely. great sponsors and uh, the first Baptist church in O'Fallon. They, they have helped underwrite this conference in such a way that is even more affordable uh, than ever before. And when you bring your entire team, there's even additional discounts off that and lunch. <laughs> so yeah, it's I, included. So it's best deal they, going around. We certainly, uh, and if they're listening, we love you guys. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> we certainly couldn't do it without you. Um, and uh, I love their heart. They, they love our ministry. They've been involved in, in our ministry and supporting us and what we do. And uh, they really want to reach out to the community and provide this as a, as a ministry to the community. And so uh, we've, we worked for a long time um, trying to figure out the best way to, to do this and to get, get the speakers there and get the topics and, and everything nailed down. And so uh, it's nice to see everything come together, but it's definitely check it out. And like I said, there's more information on our website under the events. And uh, I, I have a feeling that um, tickets are going to go really fast. So March is not too far away. <laughs> nope. So if you, uh, if you have that chance and you're interested, definitely check that out. And if we can help you with that at all, let us know. So, all right, so let's jump into the the topic at hand and and bring our our fantastic guest in, <laughs> our multi time guest. I mean, if if, if there is an award for most frequent guest, I think you're up there towards the top. So I'm honored. That's exciting. You're also yeah. one of the most fun to have on. I will say yep. that. It's <laughs> well, it always funny. fun talking to you. <laughs> you were talking about your church service today and your wife and when they ask a quest, request of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it was funny because today the pastor said in marriage, you only need to know two words. Yes, dear. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yes and yes. <laughs> no, yes. So if you learn those words, he said he promises you you will have a good marriage, no matter how long you've been married. Yes, dear. That's that's probably a fair a fair assessment. <laughs> fair I who? thought it was. I kind of liked it. My husband just kind of rolled his eyes, but I thought it was great. <laughs> it's great. Well, For good sure. to have you back, Dia. It's Thanks. always we enjoy having you on and. I'll let, uh, I'll let James tee it up. Okay. Sure. So we're, we're wrapping up a month of talking about children's ministries and, and specifically, um, I always love, uh, always love having you on for your insight because you see, you know, places of worship across the board and you see trends and different things like that. But then you always have some interesting and great perspectives on, you know, uh, covering and protecting kids ministries and ministries specifically uh, versus just, I know a lot of times like we'll have churches reach out to us and say insurance company, I don't want to talk to my church insurance company. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I want to talk to my insurance, right, exactly. my insurance agent yeah. because she does a fantastic job and, yes. and you, you love what you do and yes. you're an awesome blessing. And that, okay. that definitely shows. So, um, but I, I want to jump in. We can we can start with that, uh, with the idea of just um, doing things and taking steps to protect 
our children's ministry because a lot of churches that's that's the next generation that's what we focus on um so what are your what are your thoughts or some maybe some best practices on uh what churches can do to to make sure that those ministries are kept protected and safe well there's um there's a simple rule you should always have two so in a sunday school room sometimes that isn't always you can't, it depends how large your congregation, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. So when, if you have a safety team in place, you usually have someone walking the hallways. So it's great if you can do that to leave the top half of the door open, or maybe um, you can't leave the door open because it's been my experience that every time I left my Sunday score door open, I had an escapee. So you don't <laughs> want to do that. You want to keep the door shut. But if there's windows in the doors, that's a good practice. If you can leave the top half off open and the bottom half shut, that's a good practice. But always, always having two people as often as possible. And that second person, it doesn't have to be um, you know, an adult, it can be someone who's 16, 17 or 18. They just have to know the difference between right and wrong. So sure. they would know if um, something was happening or occurring and that doesn't look quite right, then they would know, hey, that's not right. I need to go get help. So that's a great practice to have. And again, like I said, it doesn't always happen, but never find yourself alone in a position one on one with a child. So. Um, sometimes children will say, I have to go to the restroom, like, ah, fine. So take another child with you then take two or three kids with you. Just, just mm -hmm. don't leave yourself in the position to be completely alone with a child. And sometimes children say the craziest things. So sometimes they might say something and somebody might take it completely out of context. But if you have that other person in the room or you have more than one child there, they can say, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not how that happened. So that's important. Sure. And then and with your volunteers, always, always, always do background screening. So what we find out in small churches too is elders don't like to do background screenings because they say, oh, they've gone here their entire lives. They're so, so-and-so's grandson. Oh, you know, whatever. My response to that is tell them, hey, look, if that was your grandson, you would want the background check. And it, Background checks can be expensive. They can be not. I know on your web page, there are links and helpful things to do background screening, but sure. a very simple back screen would be on. I know on our web page, um, you can print out a volunteer application form. Actually call those people that are listed on the volunteer application form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even family members. And I will be honest with you when we've had to do it, family members are the first ones to throw you under the bus. Grandma will tell you everything that little Johnny has done his entire life. So do that. Yeah. And then on every county, I would imagine in most states, I know in Ohio and every county, you can get on the sheriff's web page and yeah. it will let you put in the person's name and tell you if they convicted a convicted of a crime in that county. For sure. So there's an yeah. easy place. And you know, what's interesting, I, I'm one of my hobbies. Uh, and one of the things I read up on is, is uh, true crime stuff when, when I have a free moment and yeah, uh, yeah Mike's like, what, what, what free, free moment? moment? When, when do you have time? I haven't but filled one it of yet. The, <laughs> one of the things that impressed me and I, I've, I've actually, I spent a lot of time studying the case because I feel like when bad things happen, if we don't study 
you know, history than in, right. in the church, we're, we're doomed to repeat it. Right. So exactly. I, one of the cases, and I, I use this illustration at a, at a workshop that I did not too long ago, but one of the cases was in uh, Kansas city with uh, Dennis Ra- what is it? Dennis Rader. Uh, Dennis Rader was the BTK killer that the, the man did serial killing uh, for the nineties through the nineties. And what was interesting, what was f- uh, fantastic about that entire situation was he was a leader in the church. Like there was a Lutheran church that he, he was voted in as the individual, the president of that church board. Mm-hmm. And so he was involved with the church. He was doing that. And when they went back, they found that while he was doing that, he was actually doing his serial killing stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like, Oh my gosh, we never would have thought that it was him, that he did it. And one of the things that they came up with and came, came back with was that he, they did, they didn't do background checks. They didn't do this or, you know, that they saw red flags because somebody said, wait a second, this doesn't seem like this doesn't match as right, but oh no, it's okay. I'm, I'm doing that anyway. And we, we have so many times we have churches will reach out to us and say, you know, how do we protect our kids? And we'll say the first thing, do a background check, see what that person's background is, do an interview, you know, call references, call, call those people. And they look at, they look at both of us, like we're losing our mind. Like how in the world, like, why would I do that? I've been, you know, I've known this person, just like you said, I've known this person for 30 years. They've never done anything. Well, I don't like to walk around and, and paint this massively horrid, bad picture, but the reality is most people that go to church, don't talk about their personal life, going to church and serving. They are maybe focused on serving, but most of us keep our home life very private. And so for the sake of that, Mm -hmm. that just, that, you know, just a foot stomp what you said, it makes a lot of sense to, to be protective and, and put in that due diligence. So you were talking about, um, people being caught. So I did a, um, a couple months back, I did a class on, on all of this. And they said for every person that is actually caught, like they're actually caught, they one already committed the crime at least a hundred times before they were actually caught. Mm. And they said for every one person that is caught, there are 10 that go uncaught. So yeah. if you put that in perspective, that's, that's, that's frightening. And, and it, it isn't because it's the 20th century. It's something that it's always happened. Um, but luckily we now get to have cameras and cell phones and stuff like that, that, you know, and kids are getting smarter. They really, really are. I mean, you can't, you can't yeah. just go up and say, Hey, little boy, you want a cup of candy? But I mean, <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. They're gonna look at you and say, no, but and that's a good thing. Kids are getting smarter and wiser. And yeah. it's not just kids. It can be young adults. It can be even the elderly sometimes. You know, it's sure. There, there is no, I mean, anybody can be a victim. One of, I mean, one of the, you mentioned sometimes older kids. One of the, uh, one of the policies that we have at our church is that from basically infant all the way up to newborn, all the way up to 18. If you're, even if you're in the teen group, if you're working with ch- children, right. 
to that age, you will be background checked and we will, we will do the due diligence to do that. And it's interesting because I think it was about a year or so ago, we had a family that um, liked hanging out. Like we were opening and we were, we were opening the youth, the youth, um, I don't know, Wednesday night service. And we had parents show up cause they were like, Hey, we want to see, you know, what, what this program is and, and that sort of thing. And it was interesting because after we, we opened it up with, you know, with certain understanding for that mm-hmm. one night. So parents could see it and then we closed it down and that family continued to come. And at one point I, I grabbed one of the leaders and I said, okay, this is the sec- it was the second or third night. I said, you know, the first one we opened it up, but now they're coming and I know we don't have, like, we haven't done a background check on this person. So, right. you know, what's, what's the next step? Because they shouldn't be in here. Like they should either, if they want to serve, let's get them a background yeah, check. Absolutely. Let's, you know, put them through that process. Right. Otherwise they need to, to go sit in the main service and not, not be hanging out with the kids. And so, um, that leader said, you know what, I'll go talk to him. And, and they addressed it. And I'm, I'm very thankful, like, and in our church, I'm very thankful for that type of response where it's very much supportive of, you know, the concepts and ideas, um, versus I know a lot of churches listening have, you know, have struggles with that because, you know, it's like, Oh, we're in a small community and we know everybody. And so, so yeah, absolutely. It's It's always the quiet ones. Right. So, but on that same token, so getting volunteers are hard. And now we've just scared all of our volunteers. So, yeah. but I mean, the church needs volu- any ministry, not just churches. Any ministry needs volunteers. It's the only way we survive. Just do your due diligence. Yeah. I mean, we did. Uh, there was one individual I reached out to actually this week and asked to help with our our safety ministry. And mm-hmm. I commented in passing, I said, you know, we, we background check all of our safety folks and all of our, our children's ministries, that's just across the board. And he actually pulled me aside and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know when you do my background check, you're going to find this. And so he told me this whole story and I was like, you know, and it it wasn't something in his background that would like, we wouldn't preclude him from serving because of that. It wasn't a serious, real serious thing. It was a lack of, you know, lack of judgment and Mm -hmm. foresight. But it was interesting to me that made me honestly, that made me want to have him more involved because he was, he was honest with nice. me. Like yeah. he, he took the initiative to say, Hey, I know you're going to do this and this is what you're going to find. And, you know, at that point, so, you know, and we've talked about that in, in the broadcast before with some of those background folks yeah. that, you know, not every, not every red flag is necessarily a no. It just right. means that you've done your due diligence to make sure that that person is in the right ministry and should be with. So with James, you. real quick question. So when they do a background check, let's say it's um, it's the whole year um, and they did a background check in the fall of 2022. So now it's the fall of 2023 and the youth group is getting ready to ma- start back up again. Wouldn't you suggest they redo background checks all over again on the people they have there or no? I mean, I, I would, I would like to see it every year. I mean, every, I don't know if, I I mean, I've talked to churches that do it every two years, every three years, you know, and here's, here's the thing you can, to me, I, I kind of look at it like, you know, as 
doing it is better than not doing it at all at all. But at the same time, um, you know, we respond and, and, you know, I'm the most, probably most senior medically trained person at my church for emergency, emergency medicine. I've responded to situations where individuals have passed out. Um, they're on heavy medication for one reason or another, you know, and the doctor prescribed it, but for some reason that met, maybe that medication does something else, right? Yeah. So maybe they were prescribed antidepressant medication for an earache or something that that medication also helps with. And when I assess that, that patient and I'll say, Hey, tell me what kind of medication you're on. So I know, because I'm trying to treat you right. and trying to get the ambulance here to treat you that they're just like, well, I'm not taking anything. And then I'm like, okay, I know that you're taking something because you have high blood pressure. You just collapsed, you know? So, and that gets me every time. And how, how I relate that to the background check piece is we all make mistakes. Like there's, we, we, in the, in the church realm, it just feels like we've gone from absolutely no transparency to today. And it's like, wait a second. I don't like, I don't care if you're taking an antidepressant. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you medically right now. And we're all on medication that we take yeah. for, for one thing or another. And to me, it's the same way with background checks. It's like, we've all made mistakes. Right. Some, some have been caught, obviously some haven't, some were years ago, you know, some, some were more recent, but the reality yeah. is, you know, trying to create, I think I think it's more important to create a culture of honesty and transparency to say, look, here's what's going on. I'm going to be honest. I struggle with this or that. And maybe I shouldn't be in this ministry because again, that, that helps us be better and do better and, and mitigate some of that, um, that potential. So that's, I mean, in, in a nutshell, that's kind of my, my perspective on it. Um, but honestly, I, you know, does it ever hurt to, to do a background check? No, but you know what the, the folks that think something's going to immediately get caught. I mean, if I go out and I, I get a speeding ticket or get arrested for something, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go to my church elders and say, Hey guys, just letting you know that, you know, now if I was doing it, if I was being transparent, I would say, probably to them, you know, I need to step down in my role of leadership because I need to focus on this or I need help with this. And that's, that's pretty legitimate, but yeah. Yeah. And a good way to think about that is, so when you have people driving your church van or your church bus, you always check their driving record. You don't want someone with speeding tickets to drive the kids back. Although the kids might really like that, that they go really (laughs) fast and go over bumps, but you would always do a background check or the check on their driving's license before you let them drive. Same thing before you let someone sit in the seat in ministry with children, you probably should do a background check. Most likely It'd be a good idea. And it goes even further. I think there's also not just driving the van itself with kids present. If we extend that in general is that there are churches that have multiple vehicles that are owned by the church itself that are different staff use them senior leadership use them the pastors use them there's times where certain higher profile churches have their security team driving their pastor in a vehicle provided by the church well that has to be make sure that that a it's maintained kept under the policy for your insurance so there can be an entire fleet 
that some church right. has to maintain and look at, not just necessarily the uh, individual driving records of somebody mm -hmm. who's driving the kids. Well, and also we find out a lot of times our ministries will share vehicles. So like we might have First Church of Dublin and they have a van and the First Church of Hilliard would like to borrow the van. Mm. So how do you do that? Well, insurance always follows the vehicle. But what about the driver? So nope. if you're yeah. letting somebody, another ministry in your first stop, your insurance has to allow this. So but if your insurance <laughs> allows this, I didn't. I'm saying there's my there's my thing. And so if your insurance lets you do this and you let another ministry use your vehicle, treat it as if it's your own ministry. Do the check on their driver's license, because if they have three speeding tickets, you don't want them borrowing your vehicle because if they crash your vehicle, you're still going to be responsible. It's still your vehicle. So. Yeah. So I know here in Ohio with Brotherhood, we don't have a problem with ministry sharing vehicles if if you can call it an outreach ministry and you do check the driving record. So we ask no matter who's driving it, we have to have the driver information to do a driver's check. So, you know, you do that just because somebody else is using your vehicle doesn't mean you're still not responsible. You are still responsible for what that vehicle does. Absolutely. And I, I think that takes it into the realm of safety and security in the yeah. sense that when you have vehicles under your care as a church, right. it can't just be left up to who drives that the most, who happens to use it, um, who who maybe even facilities picks that up as something that's under their care as well. You need to be looking at that from a safety and security perspective right. and say, OK, if you're transporting uh, members of your church and this is not in good repair or yes, somebody uh, who's driving causes a problem because they drive yeah. poorly. There's, there's a lot of safety concerns, especially right. when you're out on the, on the road. And that kind of brings me, I want to kind of take a different direction here is, is really in the sense that that is one of those, I believe, unique risks that churches and ministries bring to the table is that yes. that's what's unique here is and I really love how you guys and uh, brotherhood and 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 really care for churches and ministries specifically because you do understand that there are unique needs and and then uh, create policies or riders and things that are designed to uh, help with those needs. So uh, if you want to explain a little bit more for our sure. listeners there, uh, how that's different and, sure. and, and what that looks like. Well, before I do that real quick, um, we had something happen in our office when you talked about vehicles. And I think this is important. So we had a ministry that wanted to let another ministry use your vehicle and they were headed. Now, remember their name is all the way across that van, right? So their church name is on that van. So they were headed downtown to a political rally. And I said, stop, your name's on that church van. <laughs> so when you're down there at that political rally and somebody sees your van sitting there, you could lose your nonprofit status because you're not allowed to divulge in political. So yeah. that was a whole new thought of that that they never even thought of. They thought they were just helping. But if somebody wanted to be mean and nasty about it and say, hey, First church's van was sitting down here at that political rally. All they'd have to do is call that in and then they would lose their political, they would lose their nonprofit status. And I don't know if it's that way in every single state, but I know in Ohio, they are very clear about nonprofit ministries getting involved politically. They do not like it. So yeah. there was that. So, 
I think the fine line there is if there's voter registration angles, uh, that yeah. gives you a potential out um, right. around that. But right. it's a this fine was, line. Yeah, yeah, this was not that. This was really something. Uh, they were backing something that I thought, you know what, that's search has no business doing that. But and that's a call they needed to make. So with that, mm -hmm. with your church package policy, so anybody can insure a building. So three, first of all, how many times did Jesus actually preach in a building in the Bible? So think about that. And the few times mm -hmm. that he did, he turned over tables. So a building is just a building. And I think I heard that in John 16, maybe was the first time the word church is actually mentioned. And actually church is actually a German version of it. So it isn't even church as you and I know it. So when you talk about your buildings, they're just buildings and anybody can insure a building. So you could go to State Farm, Nationwide, you name it, they can do it. But when it comes to your ministry, the most important side is the liability side. So you're, on your liability side is when you're going to protect your volunteers, you're going to protect right. um, your directors and officers, uh, your religious freedom. That's the liability side and that's where you need to be careful. So when you get your insurance policy, the first thing you need to look at is the very top of it. Does it say business owner's policy or does it say ministry policy? That's a huge, huge difference. Now, it could be a business owner's policy and have some ministry stuff in it, but I guarantee you it's still not broad enough. So ministries are called to advance the kingdom. They can't do that if they're constantly wondering, oh, can I do this? Am I liable? Am I going to get sued? If you have a ministry policy and you talk to your agent, talk to your agent, get them on the phone. That's why you're there. They're there for you. Find out, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? Most ministry policies will have something on it called special events. And that allows you to advance the kingdom and get involved as long as you call it an outreach ministry. And it will protect your volunteers. So, when you have somebody who's working for you, that's workman's comp. But when they're volunteering, that's a whole different coverage. And so it takes under a whole different kind of coverages to cover them. And that's a good point to kind of bring up to you is I think we often have uh, folks that have asked us from a perspective, well, I'm a volunteer. I am, right. I, I'm not paid by the church, so I'm not employed by the church. Right. Therefore, I'm not necessarily following if it, under certain states with workers' comp. But let's say, uh, heaven forbid, something does happen where I have to intervene and I'm injured uh, at pretty pretty significantly, enough where it, it requires a hospital stay, uh, requires a recovery period, et cetera. Sure. That volunteer could potentially be out of their day job because of their service to their local ministry. How, right. do, how, how does, how does brotherhood and how, how do you guys work with something so, like that? And again, that, that is so, that's a lot. You're going to have to ask, ask your agent these questions. So what you're looking for, first of all, on your ministry, on your ministry policies, make sure you have something to cover your volunteers. Make sure you have something called special events. Make sure you have something called wage loss reimbursement. So what wage yeah. loss reimbursement does is if someone is injured um, and, they're, and they were acting on behalf of your ministry, they can help pay the wages that they're missing while they're off. Now, they have to prove that those are the wages they've got. And remember, right. we're not a medical insurance company and we're not going to put somebody in a better position than they were before. But my goodness, they were kind enough to help us with our ministry. It's the least sure. we can do. So 
medical on a ministry policy will help pay those out-of-pocket expenses. So they probably most likely have medical insurance. So like, let's say they get injured and they have to go to the emergency room and they have a $500 deductible. That's when the medical from the church insurance policy would kick in and they would pay those out-of-pocket expenses. And again, it, it depends up to your limit. Um, most ministries carry a ten or a $15,000 medical limit, and that's really not that much. If you've been to the yeah. room lately, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> but it will tests. help for co-pays and that kind of thing. Yeah, a day of tests can knock, can knock out 15000 Oh, for sure. Well, and then I'll caution you also, if you have someone who are 65 or older, again, it's very important to fill out an incident report. Um, right. because they're going to fall down and go, Oh, I'm okay. Don't call the squad. And then the next day <laughs> you're going to call and check on them and they have broken a hip. No doubt. So yeah. always get an incident report, no matter when it happens, where it happens, just get an incident report. And an incident report is really easy. Just, you can print them off our website and I think you guys have those on your yeah, website we too. Um, and just tuck it away until you hear from them again. Oh, that's yeah, important. we, I was just going to say, we had a, a guest and his wife helping with our vacation Bible school one year and, uh, the, the wife tripped and missed one of the stairs coming off of our stage and she fell on, like fell into, we have like a stone, stone wall. She kind of right. fell onto it with her arm and she was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And we bandaged it up and something just didn't. Like I had bells going off in my head and I'm like, no, you need to go get checked out. Right. Well, it turned out that she, she had broken her wrist in two places mm -hmm. and, you know, she was in her seventies helping her husband and, you know, she didn't, she was like, oh no, it's fine. She had a high pain tolerance and she ended up having, you know, having surgery, right. having to have surgery to reset her, her wrist. So, mm -hmm. I mean, accidents happen if we spend you know, if we spend as much time helping our church and, and supporting it and being involved in ministry in the community, you know, you can't, you can't avoid that stuff, right. but you do need to know this is how we should handle it to make things easier and to protect the, you know, be protective. Well, and in that same token. So I find that as, as adults, we get embarrassed when we trip and fall. So our sure. first thing is, is go, oh, no, I'm fine. As blood's dripping off of us. No, I'm fine. But um, yeah, always, always get the instant report. And ministries should always follow up the next day. No matter what yeah. they tell you, always follow up the next day just to make sure they're okay. Even if it's a child, follow up the next day. Yeah. So oh, that's great. For sure. And, you know, doing that, it's not, and that's why we started doing incident reports so that, that the pastors don't get blindsided Monday right. morning because somebody always calls the church office on Monday morning. And they, no claim happens Monday yep. to Friday, nine to five. Never, yep. ever. <laughs> so yeah, no, never. Well, I, I want to go one other, we're, we're starting to run out of time here, but there's a couple other spots that I feel like it would be good to cover. Um, one was uh, really along the lines is sometimes in safety and security, we're covering um, some uh, technology and camera systems and data storage and other sorts. Right. So uh, we have data security challenges. Do you have uh, policies or things that are related to data theft? and? Loss? Oh, absolutely. COVID made us all jump up to the plate. So um, COVID wasn't so bad. Uh, and the fact that it made a lot of our 
old fashioned ministries realized that you couldn't just stand on a pulpit on Sunday morning and get the job mm-hmm. done. It taught them, hey, look, you need to go back out there and evangelize and get your feet dirty. So yeah. with that and COVID, a lot of ministries went to an online platform. And these online platforms aren't just to your ministry because once you're on the web and you're out there, anybody can tap in. So a lot of insurance companies, especially ministries, develop something either called cyber or there might be something called media. Um, Mm -hmm. All of those need to be in place. And again, that's where it comes to asking your agent, call your agent up and say, hey, look, am I protected? So they say, oh, yeah, sure. You know, no worries. You're protected. Say, Tell me how I'm protected. Tell me what my limits are. Tell me how I'm protected and give me an example. Yeah, that's important, especially, I mean, if you have camera systems that that get hacked, get access because it's on a public cloud, um, any number of things, and then you have sensitive information that then leaks out at that point, there's there's potential liability as a result of not protecting your data. Well, well and you better bet you you better have religious freedom on there too. If you're gonna go onto an online platform, even us talking here is, is yeah. we could offend somebody. So you better have religious freedom in there so that when you do say something, you're covered. And it's sad that our society has come that we have to have religious freedom on our package policies because we're ministries. What yeah. do we do? You got one more and that would be going down the path of kind of uh, church continuity planning. So whether it's a weather, uh, some sort of disaster, vandalism, any number of fire, et cetera, uh, a church is left without a place of doing their primary place of ministry. And they're now having to rent a secondary facility. They're trying to then recover and rebuild under obviously a building or facility policy. Do you have anything that takes care of them with that continuity? Sure. So we, unfortunately, at the beginning of 2000, middle and beginning of 2019, when COVID was just hitting us, it's hard to believe it's been that long, hasn't it? (laughs) Um, We had two churches burned to the ground back to back. I went 20 years with absolutely no (laughs) fires and had two back to back. It was not a pretty dime. Anyway, um, yeah, so a couple of things needed to be in play there. One, it takes over uh, 18 months to get a church just to start to rebuild. So you got to remember, you've got to get rid of the debris. So you have to have debris removal. You've got to um, have somebody redesign the building. You've got to break ground again. So 18 months is what it takes to get a building if it burns to the ground just in the starting stages. Mm -hmm. So if you think about in perspective of that, people are inconvenienced because now you have to rent another facility. So you want to make sure in your policy that you have something for loss of donations, um, loss of, uh, I don't want to use loss of income because that's a business policy, but something to that effect that will Mm -hmm. help you take the time to find another place to locate while you're rebuilding. And also remember that in that 18 months before you even start rebuilding, some people are going to be inconvenienced. Let's face it. Some people like familiarity. And when that has changed, they're going to move on to another church. So you're going to need help with loss of income or loss of donations or loss of tithing. However, your policy wants to read it. You got to have that in there because that's important. You don't you got to keep up and running. We never, ever want to see our churches close their doors and that church become something else. So yeah, 
again, the most important thing is make sure you have a ministry policy. And if you have questions, call your agent. If you don't have an agent you can call, then find another one. There are, we are dime a dozen. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's funny. I mean, I said, I said that at the beginning, but you know, like I said, at a workshop in new England, a couple of weeks ago, I, the first thing I, I tell people is contact your insurance company, yeah. go over the policy, understand who's insuring it. If they're, you know, if it's a business insuring you as a business, or if it's a, a organization insuring you as a ministry. Yeah. And it was funny because one of the church, one of the churches that was there asked me, um, well, we have brotherhood. Are they okay? And is that a good company? And yeah. I said, um, well, I'm kind of partial to them myself, <laughs> but, right. um, Right. But yeah, well, it's, even then it depends on your agent. So yeah. Brotherhood has independent agents. It's, um, so an agent can write a policy differently. And my thing sure. with that is that's also on the good thing, because not every ministry is the same. You're not a shoe store. So why would we write you like one? So yeah. your agent has to know your ministry. If your agent has never stepped foot in your building, you need to find another agent. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that I've said numerous times, like just call them and talk to them. And it's like people, I don't know, they just drag, like drag their feet. Like I, I don't like talking to my insurance agent. Well, maybe you need to get a different agent because they give you candy. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have their cell phone number? (laughs) I mean, that's what I always ask people. Do you have your agent's cell phone number? Cause I can guarantee you will not have a claim Monday through Friday, nine to five. It just doesn't happen. Well, and it's, it's funny because of, of our really one of our, one of the churches that I attend, you know, they're like, I'm like, Hey, you know, that sounds like a good insurance question. And everybody looks at me and they're like, well, you want to give Dia a call? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not it. And I'm like, Hey, that's fine. Cause I have her cell phone number and I love talking to her. So, <laughs> well, and most agents I know here in our agency, we go a lot further than just the insurance part. So if you have a, a startup ministry and you want to know, okay, where can we go to have this? Or what do we need to do to start a startup ministry? Your agent will probably be able to help you. So if you have questions that aren't exactly insurance related, but are ministry related, sure, call your agent. Because if your agent is truly a ministry agent, then they'll be able to help you. Yeah. Well, and again, like I said before, you guys see trends that a lot of times we don't typically see. I mean, we see like Mike and I see a lot because we work with churches, you know, all through the week and on the side. But at the same time, we send we see trends on a larger scale where you guys see like operating trends and more ministry based stuff like that to be able to say, Hey, let's not, you know, make you make this suggestion, handle it this way, because you know, that, that has less liability, (laughs) less liability than this or that. So And and ministries are called, like I said, to advance the kingdom. Wouldn't it be nice if they could just do that instead of worrying about everything else? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a hundred percent more comfortable with it because yeah. you know, it, everybody it's funny because people on my safety team or people in the, in, you know, in our church are always like, how do you, how can you do that without worrying about liability? And I'm like, you know what? I, it's not that I never think about it. There's a right. difference between never thinking about it and right. worrying about it. It's right. 
that, you know, we just have a really good foundation and a really good ministry that helps us. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, something happening because I feel like we're prepared and we're, you know, we're ready to go if something should happen. And that takes a lot of perspective. So think about Jesus in the two and a half years that he was out doing what he was doing. And, you know, the things that he actually did in today's world, how that would impact some of the liability side. I mean, he could be in trouble in a lot of aspects. (laughs) If you look at what all he did, I mean, wow. Politically incorrect would be the word for that, but yeah, flipping flipping over some tables in the temple yeah, might yeah, might that have some well in world at all. No, or even talking to the you know the, the well, talking to her and asking her personal questions and stuff. They'd be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> you might have it's a safety good. team member come over and yeah. put their arm on him, oh, yeah. him. No. sir, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or just walk into your house, nilly willy. Hey, I'm here to preach to you. What? <laughs> It'd be pretty cool though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we are just out of time almost nice. here. We just have to wrap it. No, it was great. I yeah. appreciate you going down the, the couple of questions I know we've had cool. in the past oh, that we hadn't covered before. Um, it's always unique. What I really love, Dia, is that the I think a lot of us sometimes look at insurance from a standpoint of a necessary evil. But I think you elevate it to kind of a trusted partner status, both with James and others. And I think that's what makes it different. When you can partner with your agent, when you can partner with your carrier to to understand your operation and your ministry in such a way that you know you're actually taking a step in a further direction to protect your people, uh, that's important. I think that people angle is what makes you guys unique and, and certainly helps to deal with those unique risks that we That's have. Right. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. important. Always. It's God's world. Amen. <laughs> for sure. Well, again, thanks for joining us. Oh, and absolutely. Uh, we definitely, we definitely appreciate you hanging out with us. It goes so fast. I was like, ah, time's already. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fun. Always an honor and always a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks. thanks. For <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, again, if you're watching, you're welcome to to visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com. We just had uh, Dia Simpkins on with Thomas Alexander Insurance and one of our ministry partners and uh, certainly uh, a great resource. You can visit their website and we have actually have the link on our web page as well uh, as a ministry partner for them. Um, even if you're not in, and, and I will say this, but even if you're not in Ohio where their office is, um, Dia does a fantastic job and her office does a fantastic job of, of trying to partner you with the right person. So it, even if you're not in Ohio, uh, she oftentimes can walk you through situations or can refer you to somebody in your state. So definitely, um, definitely worth checking out uh, if you have a simple question and definitely emphasize just the communication piece, you know, communicate with your, with your agent um, because sometimes a simple text or simple phone call uh, is easy to, to instill peace and not have, not be worried about ministry or something happening. And that can go a long way in just building a, a good, public per- perception of ministry and perception of safety. I mean, if you're, if you're walking around and you're not worried because you have a good partner in, on your side, then 
you know, you're going to respond differently and do the best you can without having to, to worry about that. So, um, we will be back, uh, next week. Uh, we'll be talking about some other topics and, uh, as always, if we have any, if there's any questions or anything we can help you with, feel free to visit us on our website at churchsafetyguys.com. And we will talk to you next week. Take care. God bless. Have a great week. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by twowayradiocenter.com, the Motorola value-added reseller. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast.